Hello? Are you there? Hi. Okay, there you are. All right. Oh, good. It's recording. That makes Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Blog Talk Radio. It's nice to see that we started with a train wreck already. We can only go down from here. Cool. <laughs> Keep listening, folks. So this is Shane uh, Zanman here, along with my honorable co-host, Jeff. And Hello. How's everything going, Jeff? Not too bad. How's Colorado? It's fucking snowing and raining here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right? It's 64 here, so... Yeah, I was here on a nice sunny day there. I had to bring the fucking winter with me. Well, you can have it there. You can keep it there. You talk for a couple seconds. I gotta grab a couple of things. Well, I mean, uh, it's probably a perfect time to start talking about some of this stuff anyway. Um, I've got a few things in the works. Um, I've been downloading all of our uh, shows, and hopefully we'll be able to get them up, edited up and running soon. Um, I'm looking at uh, you know iTunes and a couple of other podcasting sites for them. Also, I'm not so sure if the Twitch and the YouTube thing is going to work out simply because we don't do a whole ton of video. Um, if you've ever actually looked at the 
either one of us, you would understand why we don't do a whole ton of video, but um, that may be something down the line. But right now, uh, I'm working hard to get the Patreon and the um, and the iTunes thing going. I'm also working on a few other a few other things that I, I'm not ready to announce yet. Um, and as always, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Regi Co-op. You can follow. Uh, Shane at Zanman LP. Uh, easiest way to find us is just use hashtag Kingdom of Honor. Uh, search for hashtag Kingdom of Honor. You'll usually find me pretty quickly that way. Um, also on Facebook, uh, you know, just search Kingdom of Honor. Our profile picture is a wrestling ring with a skull wearing a crown in front of it. Uh, follow us on there. You can get access to my blog. Um, also our older shows and, and when we do go live we post them on there plus we want to hear from you so uh, use hashtag kingdom of honor on on um, twitter and uh, message us on facebook i uh, would love to hear what your, your thoughts are and where you'd like to see the direction of the show go you're very back well yet said. very well all said right. Joe. all right um so the idea tonight is basically to, to try to cover a couple of, of uh, shows like evolve 127 and impacts homecoming show but but you i might start... have to hold off on the evolve because i haven't watched it yet okay then we will i just the just didn't get to it. but we do have a couple of, of news stories that i really want to touch on a few things that uh we haven't uh, really talked about mainly Pac and austin aries all right go ahead uh and at eli drake uh eli drake's another thing that i really wanted to touch on um and i didn't realize this until today and i want to get your thoughts on this um eli drake was fired because he refused to wrestle an intergender match against tessa blanchard he is no longer a member of impact wrestling he's right now a free agent and they are trying to um trying to make it so that he cannot wrestle anymore or so that he he has no compete clause or whatever for breach of contract is what they're saying, but he was fired from Impact a little over a month ago, and uh, simply because he didn't want to wrestle wrestle an intergender match. I mean, what do you think of that? I don't think it was only because he didn't want to wrestle the match. I think it's because he spoke out on Twitter against it. I think if he had well, done it behind closed doors and just had been like, you know, I'm really not comfortable doing this, it might, might have gone a different way. But he but, but he was pretty vehement vehement on Twitter about not doing it as well. Well, and it was, I guess it wasn't just that. It was also he had some creative differences, but I don't even count that as a reason to get fired anymore because everybody has creative differences with their with their promotion. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... I don't know why Impact has to push the intergender matches. We're doing just fine the way that they are. I, I mean, intergender tag match, I'm cool with that. I, you know, it, it worked well for Lucha Underground, but it's just not something that needs to be out there. And when you're putting, and I, and I said it from the start, I mean, that's the kind of situation where it's going to be a China thing where they're going to job, job him to Tessa Blanchard. And Eli Drake is not the kind of person that you job out. That, that'd be like taking the rock in his prime and jobbing him out to uh, China. It's just not something that really should be happening. Well, I definitely don't think that they should be trying to force, trying to <coughs> prevent him from working other places. I mean, if you fire a guy, you fire a guy. So, I mean, I, th I think that's bullshit that, that they're trying, if they're, if they're really trying to prevent him from working other places. But, you know, I, I, if that's if he's able to work someplace, it's almost a, it's really kind of a blessing in disguise for him because ever since his contract expired before Bound for Glory or before actually it was Slammiversary last year, 
what have they really even done with him? I mean, I mean, he, I mean, I mean, on Homecoming, he faced fucking um, uh, Abyss. Abyss, you know. Yeah. I mean, he went on that little um, hardcore crusade where he was trying to bring wrestling back to wrestling, and then, I mean, his latest stuff was teaming with Eddie Edwards. Uh, they formed a tag team, which was, it, it's just a bad use of all of all the talent involved. Um, I mean, when you're paying guys that much, why do you want to throw them into a tag team? You know, it, it doesn't okay, make okay. sense. I, okay, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it, it, you know, I, that is that is true. He did say that, didn't he? That's why he broke up the or they broke up the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, but I mean, outside of Cesaro and Sheamus, I don't know that I've ever seen a tag team of two top guys that has that has worked out for the long term. Um, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, and there was the rock rock and sock connection was probably the most popular of it, and they only lasted a good five six months. Yeah, and I mean there was and there was the uh, two man power trip, but of course, once Triple H went down with those quad in, with that quad injury, that was pretty much the end for that too. Yeah, and I mean that was only a couple of weeks. That wasn't even that long. And I mean you could say the brothers of destruction too, but that just they they get together when storylines uh, when the storyline dictates it. They don't. That was never really a true tag team. So I uh, it just it's not. I don't know. I, I think that he was done dirty by impact, and I kind of hope he comes out on top here. Um, I, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that, but I do want to talk a little bit about Austin Aries. It's going to be nice seeing him back in the States and working for my favorite promotion, MLW. Yeah, I saw, he's, I saw he's coming in to wrestle somebody, what, next, is it next weekend? It, that's what I saw. What I saw was it's supposed to be next week because it, it was last week they they said it was going to be two weeks, but I don't know if they're going to do that because a big a name like Austin Aries coming in as somebody that you're going to want to be the highlight of the show. And next week they've got their finals for their um, never championship, their open weight championship. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see him back on TV and he's out. If he can be half of what he was in Impact, he'll be a huge boost for that company. Yeah, and the company's already great the way it is. Exactly. You know, but exactly. I mean, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him, you know, in, in you know, those high-profile high spots. I mean, if he brings his, you know, kind of heel persona in, then we're talking about, you know, great matches against, you know, like Teddy Hart, Tom Lawler, um, you know, guys of that, uh, of that uh, caliber. And we'll get to see a repeat of him against Pentagon Jr., which was one of the highlights of last year in Impact, too. So I mean, there's a lot of great things that can happen here with him. Yeah, I just I just hope that Pentagon remembers how to be Pentagon if that happens. <laughs> you just want him to become Pentagon again? Right, I want him to be the Pentagon that we saw in Lucha Underground or that we saw against Kenny Omega at... Uh... All in, rather than this guy that's always taunting and throwing his fingers in people's faces and rip taking his glove off so we can slap people. It's just, just ridiculous, playing to the crowd nonsense that Pentagon shouldn't care about. Well, that's that comes with him becoming a face and and Lucha, the Lucha brothers getting over the way they have. I mean, I don't know that he ever would have gotten that far had they not gotten his over. And people love Phoenix, so. Yeah, and I don't get why people love the Lucha brothers. I just 
after what I saw in on Homecoming, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm kind of off the Lucha Brothers um, bandwagon after that. And then the last thing, last little news bit that I want your thoughts on, and I'm just going to throw it out there and let you go here because I have a feeling you've got more to say about this than I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pac having some creative differences, getting upset because he lost by DQ uh, overseas and pulling the plug on his uh, double or nothing match. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It, you know, the, when this when the card was announced, this was the very first card match that was announced for the card was Pac versus Page. And they're trying to do a make good by I, th- I believe tomorrow they're going to show it live or not live, but they're going to show the match um, uploaded onto the AEW YouTube channel. Big whoop. Um, it was supposed to take place on a big stage. Uh, you know, the biggest stage that All Elite Wrestling has so far in Las Vegas at Double or Nothing. Um, th- there was... I've already made it clear I'm not going to pay $50 to watch this show. But if I were going to, there were only two matches that really would have got me to shell that money out of my wallet. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, the rematch, and then Pac versus Page. So that Pac versus Page is off the card, and Page will have... And Paige will supposedly have an opponent, but they're not going to announce the opponent until the actual day of the show. Um, I basically got very little interested in Double or Nothing at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with you too. And it, it there were like you said, there were only a couple of matches. I think they've got too many of their top stars. Ninety that... seconds. <laughs> what is that? Well, apparently, I only set the show to go 15 minutes, but that's okay. it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll 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 keep going. No big deal. Thank God. Um, is it gonna is it gonna shut off so nobody can hear us or? Um, let's hope not. <laughs> anyway, the um, I I I don't know. I don't. There's not much on here that I want to see. I mean, most of the top stars are in the uh, are in the battle seconds. royal, and it's just not anything that I really care that much to watch. No, so I mean, I went to, I went to from. Being pissed off that I couldn't get tickets to go to go see the show to now not even sure that I'm going to watch the show in any capacity whatsoever. Uh, I mean, Ryan sent us a, a website where we could probably watch it the next day for free. But, you know, I'm coming back from I'm coming back from Colorado on a Friday night. I'm going to have I'm going to have the weekend with my wife. So do I really want to spend three hours watching wrestling when I could be spending it with her after not seeing her for a week? You know, it's just it's just not. In the cards, and, and even if I wasn't doing that, I, so, I sh- certainly would not have shut out 50 bucks to watch this show. Um, that you know, that's the, that's the thing that you know I've I've been Ten harping seconds. on for seems like months now. I, it probably has been months, but their but their business model um, I don't agree with, um, especially in 2019. Now, Sean Ross Sapp, who runs Fightful.com, somebody else was complaining about their business model, and and he said. It's kind of weird to expect every company to have the same business model. And while I agree with that, do you, you know, I, I can, I have WWE Network. Well, you have WWE Network. Um, I have NWA, NWA, NJPW World. Uh, we have Honor Club. We have Impact Plus. And we have the, um, the Wrestling Network, World Wrestling Network. So all those combined are less than fifty dollars a month, and so I'm gonna so I'm gonna show up fifty dollars to see one show. 
Right, exactly. And no. then when you look at the you look at the free free stuff like Defiant and MLW gives us on YouTube. Right. And it, it's just it's pointless. I mean, shelling out ten, fifteen dollars, twenty bucks for an NWA pay per view that's one thing. But shelling out fifty bucks for a one shot that's not even that wasn't booked very well that doesn't have any really high profile matches outside of you know two or three. Uh, it just and the matches that they do have, there's really not much of an angle. I mean, even this Pac versus Page angle was all done on. It was all centered around uh, Page getting in shape. Right. It was kind of a cool idea, though, to, to kind of make every, you know, kind of make everybody, um, excuse me, eating, but kind of go out like anti fat shaming, you know. I did, I did like the idea. Yeah, that well, I mean, that was it was a fun idea. It just I, it, it got to be where that was the only part of it that was happening, though, and that's where it just wasn't. I don't know, just wasn't doing it for me, I guess. And now Pac probably won't be Pac probably won't even be on the show because he's crying about having to do a job. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's I I I can kind of see his point, but at the same time, um, nobody else seems to ever have problems with it. He's up, he's upset that he had to do a job, and he didn't feel like he should have to do a job simply because he's a champion. And it just doesn't make sense to me. It's just it's uh, I don't know. It it kind of sickens me a little bit too because he's acting like that. Right, and and I read something about how you know somebody predicted. Someone's like, well, yeah, that's what I predicted. That you know the Cody and the Bucks are going to want to pr- push their friends over. Over other people, and that's going to cause rifts. Well, okay, that's that's a fair criticism if they're doing it over and over and over again. How do we know that's the case? This is their very first show they're putting on. If they're company, doing as it as a company, if and, they're doing it at all, I mean, we don't know for sure that that's even what they're doing. When you look at it, it makes sense to have Paige, who's a full-time employee, go over Pac, who's probably on a per diem basis. Right. You know, why would you... <laughs> right, and and that was I was going to get to that point also that you know he's a full time employee, he's the future. He's you know he's he can he's somebody you can easily see as the future of the company and someone to build upon, whether he's a friend of the of the EVPs or not. So to me, this is just if it's if it's really true that this was this is what's going on, um, and it's not part of some larger angle for later down the down the line, um, in total, then I think this is just uh, this makes Pac look very bad. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And it's he just if it is an angle and it's very well it could be an angle he might still show up as the mystery opponent that they're touting, but as of right now it does not look very good. No. So I mean if, I mean it's great that he's the Dragon Gate champion, but you can be a champion of a, of a promotion and lose to another losing another promotion. It's not really that big of a deal. If it's, if it's, yeah, like if, a, if he gets squashed that'd be one thing, but if it's a close competitive match and he happens to lose hmm. Then really, what's the big deal? It's a it's a scripted sport. It's not like you're actually winning or losing a match. Exactly. I mean, look at Willie Mack was pulling it off there for a long time. Right. You know, as the NWH champion, he'd go out and lose on Impact. So it's not like it's it's bad. It looks bad for him. It looks very bad for him. And I I just hope that I hope it's part of an angle because I really wanted to see the match. But at the same time, I just I don't know that I want to see Pac right now. 
and, and, and you know, you and I both really wanted to see the match, and the argument that somebody can make is, well, you can still see the match. You can just watch it on their YouTube channel. Yeah, I can, but it's not on, it's not on the same stage, and I already know the results. So what's the point of me watching it, really? Well, I mean, Pac has been crisp in a few matches I've seen him in, but he hasn't been that world beater that he was before he, or even his final run when he was in uh, on 205 Live. You know, he still had some of the old Pac, which I haven't seen since he's been back um, after sitting out for a year. So he doesn't have his feet underneath him, first of all. Well, I've only really seen him in that. I think the only match I've actually seen him in is that one against David Starr on Defiance. So I, I guess I can't, I can't make that kind of judgment on him. But um, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird to me if he doesn't have his feet under him yet when it's been like eight months now since he was released from his WWE contract. Well, he sat out for quite a while, um, and then he had no compete for a while too, didn't he? Um, I mean, he... Well, I don't remember exactly how long he sat out, but I but I'm pretty sure he was available the first week of September. He just he just really didn't want to do anything. He just kind of wanted to pick his spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had he's put on decent matches, but when you look at what Pac was before he came to WWE in the first place. And that it'd be like seeing Johnny Moxley go out and have decent matches. And David Starr, it's not like David Starr's some chump that he couldn't pull off a good match with. Right. No, I thought the match was really good, honestly, between Pac and uh, David Starr. Maybe I'll have to go back and rewatch it. It's I, I thought it was entertaining, but I didn't think it was that great, if, I, if I'm remembering it right. Well, I didn't say great. I said I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. But, oh, okay. You know. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and I might be a little down on him too because I think this is a punk move that he's doing. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I I really don't know. I really don't. I really don't know what else to say about it other than you know it's disappointing. Um, it's a bait. And, it's a bit of a bait and switch. And you know how, how do you, if this is really, even if it's an angle, that it's a it's a bait and switch. If it's not an angle. Then how do you bring somebody in that you can't trust to do what you want them to do on, on your show, and then tout and then tout them for this long as being a part of it, and then, oh, and then just say, oh well, you know, he, he's not going to make it, so we'll come up with a substitute. Well, who's who, who out there is a substitute that's going to be able to um, to take the place of Pac in a, in a in a big scenario like this? You know, I mean, it's not like they can sign. Um, I mean, they can sign. They, they can't sign Austin Aries. It's not like they're going to go get Kazushiko Okada, or Jay White, or, um, you know, Jeff Cobb. So I mean, so while I'm sure Page will have a fill-in opponent, it's not going to be anybody of the caliber, caliber of Pac, unless it's Pac himself, in which case, this whole thing was completely pointless. Well, and why would you do it right before the? Um... You know, the week before when you're still looking for pay-per-view buys. Right. Exactly. You know, if if this is an angle and they're um, how you just basically wasted an entire week of promotion when that was one of the few matches that everybody really wanted to see. Exactly. I mean, I mean, unless unless you know they're, you know. I'm, it could, I guess it could come out on Thursday. Okay, we've got the match signed again. It will be Pac versus Page, and then look at all the momentum that you've actually kind of lost by doing it this way. Yeah, that's true. Plus, you just get plus you're you're giving away for free 
on YouTube the very first match between the two of them and expecting people then to pay for the pay on the pay-per-view for the for the rematch. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. None of it makes any sense at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, can you can you think of anybody that's that's a big enough name they could they could bring into face page on this short on this short notice? Other than um, Moxley, no, nobody. Oh, Moxley's a good point. I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't really th considered that, but I think he's. I mean, isn't he busy like filming his the, his movie and stuff like that now? I don't. I I. Th that's what I thought, but then I heard some uh, conflicting stuff where the the um, filming isn't going to start until June. Like he's actually free next weekend. Oh, okay. So I, I guess I'm not sure. But, it, I mean, outs, outside of him, there's really nobody that they can bring in to make any waves. I mean, nobody's going to care if Jack Swagger shows up. Uh, no, nobody will. Or Jake Jake Hager, I mean. Um, and the only other real name out there that's been kind of floated is Sean Spears. And he was not big enough of a name to do something like that. Who's that? Who's Sean Spears? Uh, T Ty Dillinger. Oh fuck, Ty Dillinger! Can't we be? Can't we be even brought his fucking name up? What the fuck is? I, the, I what, didn't. What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> we're, talk, we're, talk, we're, talk, we're talking about big stars. And you're talking about Ty fucking Dillinger. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the level that it goes down to. It goes from Johnny Moxley to Ty Dillinger. There's nobody out there right now that's that's a free agent that they could really surprise anybody. You might with. as well have said it goes from the Batman to the janitor. That's pretty, that's pretty much what I said, dude. <laughs> I mean, I guess Eli Drake is out there. Well, right, if he's actually able to work, but again, but is he really that big of a name amongst people that aren't us? No, uh -uh. but he um, and he is working right now. He's uh, he just had a match a couple days ago. Well, you're the one that said they're trying to stop him from working, so that's why... They're trying to. They haven't been able to yet. And they shouldn't be able to. They're unless, unless, they're actually, they're suing... unless they're actually paying him money while, while he's sitting, while he's quote-unquote fired, then they shouldn't be able to stop him from working anyplace. Exactly. So, hey, maybe they'll bring in Jay Lethal. Okay, that's the end of the show. <laughs> not just not just for, not just for tonight, but forever. That's, that's it. You're done. <laughs> oh, I knew the Jay Lethal button would push. It would be the right one to push. Yeah. Um. So, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about the new Mr. Money in the Bank? <sighs> Word cannot express how excited I am about this and the way they booked it the way they booked it was even worse i mean he didn't even compete in the damn match no no he's brock lesnar does he doesn't compete in matches Ugh, just enough enough of brock lesnar in the title picture just enough i know unless he's going to become a full-time full-time guy just enough yeah I, I read that and i shook my head and i laughed and it's just I, I don't get it at all it doesn't make any sense. It, it just, I, their they continued push of him just does not make any sense to me. Right, and they and they and they book people to beat him in these in these big matches, and then the next thing you know, he's right back there in the title picture. Right, because he's Brock Lesnar. 
Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, mean, doesn't, I guess I guess it makes sense that he's Brock Lesnar, but it doesn't make sense that in 2019 they're pushing him like he was the Brock Lesnar of 20, 2002. You know, because he's. And what, yeah, exactly. I mean, even the Brock Lesnar of 2014, when he first came back, he was still a top draw. Now he's just a part timer who just shows up whenever he wants to um, show up. Right, and and you know, I I, I really I really like to see the numbers that prove to WWE that he's a draw. Because I really don't think he is. Well, I don't think people are paying to see him anymore. I mean, they may have, like I said, 2014, 15, even 16. But at this point, I, I, I'm not buying a pay-per-view. Well, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not subscribing to the WWE Network just because Brock Lesnar's going to be on there. You're not? Especially, especially now that he's even retired from uh, um, UFC in mixed martial arts, there's really no big draw for him anymore. At least when he was still active with the UFC, there was a chance that you might see him in a real fight. Uh, you know, and that made him a little bit bigger of a draw, but right now he's just not. So he retired from USC. I must have missed that. I saw something about that a while back, um, before he lost at WrestleMania. Okay. And I don't have it here right now, so I can't really, I don't want to comment more on it, but I know I saw a report that he was retiring. Yeah, it looks like Data White said that in about a month ago. Okay, yeah, so it was right after then, right after. Yeah, well, that is such great news for us wrestling fans. UFC refused to pay what he wanted, so he retired. That's what Dana reported. Oh, okay. And that was on May 2nd. <coughs> so just a couple of weeks ago. But like I said, it's, you know, if if he wants so much money that, um, and if he could draw money, Dana would pay him what he wants. The problem is, is he can't draw money anymore. That's un that's the unfortunate truth is that he just can't. He's just not the big money draw that he once was. Well, and and the thing is that if you if you really think that you, that you are the big money draw, then you have to then you have to go out there and prove it, and then maybe you do get that big payday later down later on down the line. But as it stands, right. it's been what three years since he actually wrestled. He actually competed for UFC. Has it been that long? I think so. <laughs> I thought it was... I thought it was right before SummerSlam 2000... Was it before SummerSlam 2015? Maybe it was four years. I thought when he had that contract dispute and they only signed him to a two-year deal. I guess he did just re-up his contract. July, so yeah, you're right. July 9, 2016 was his last, was his last match. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're closing in on three years. And I mean, people can go in, in uh, you know, three years is a long time to go without a, without a fight. So. Right. And, and especially when you're trying to be a huge draw. That's why I'm saying that, you know, maybe maybe if he went out there and he, and he did draw some money, then he'd be able to get a better contract down the line. But you can't just come in, I mean, <coughs> you can't just come in expecting to be a huge superstar and get the big money when you haven't proven yourself as a draw, at least in the last three years. 
Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've got nothing else on any kind of news that I've heard of. No, me neither. I mean, that's that's pretty much what's what's been going on in the, in the world of pro wrestling. And you know, I, I didn't, I never did get a chance to watch any of the um, best of the Super Junior matches. I didn't either. I, I, with my kid this last week, we were so ungodly busy every night that I didn't get a chance to really watch anything. Except Homecoming. I did get Homecoming watched. Yeah, and I kind of got Homecoming watched. Uh, oh, you didn't? Oh, that's right. You fell asleep during something. Yeah, I was planning on watching the matches I, I had fallen asleep during last night, and I, but I was so tired after the day of traveling and everything that I just took a nap, and then, of course, I watched Game of Thrones, which was actually a satisfying ending after last week's terrible episode. So. Oh, so that's why you're in a better mood today. I don't know that I'm in a better mood, dude. I'm still exhausted. Uh, I got to watch Aquaman twice, so... Did you like it both times? Actually, I liked it better the second time because as much as I love my toddler, um, listening to him talk about how scared he was, and then every time I'd say, okay, we can shut it off. No, 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 no. You know, I, I didn't really get into it the way I wanted to. Um, but I watched it again last night with Susan, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Cool. Good superhero movie. I don't, I'm not going to say it was an Oscar winner, but it was a good superhero movie. Okay, well, I'll catch, I'll catch it at some point on HBO or Stars or one of those places. So I'm not going to pay for it. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> if I if I hadn't gotten it for free, I wouldn't have gotten it. Oh, I thought you bought it too. Hmm. No, it uh, it was. Um, I got it as a free digital download. Oh, how'd you manage that? I had something my kid bought. Oh, interesting. Uh, the 16 year old he. Uh, he and I are trying to collect all the superhero movies, and then he ended up buying a different DC movie that gave him a free digital download. I see. So. So, well, I'm, I'm glad that it was worth all the money you paid for it, at least. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, was de- it was definitely worth that. I got, I got, I got a few chuckles out of it, so it paid, it paid for itself. Yeah, well, it's, I think we, I think we've talked about this before, but it's been a while if we, you know, if we since we have, and that basically, you know, I'm kind of done with superhero origin stories. So, um, but I, but I do like the idea that this one was kind of a split between an origin story and him trying to like reclaim his throne and stuff after the events of um, Justice League. So this one might have been able to hold my interest more than just your standard. Guy gets superhero superpowers. He faces struggles. He decides to be a superhero. Gets his costume. Blah blah blah. Oh, this was this was Hancock all over again. I where he's not a superhero, not a superhero, not a superhero, and then all of a sudden he's a superhero. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the movie Hancock, the Will Smith superhero movie that he did. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot like that. The kind of anti-superhero movie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then at the last minute, he becomes the chosen one or whatever. Yeah. So, I, I it for what it was, it was good. I mean, I I liked it better than the Wonder Woman movie, um, because that was too much of an origin story for me. Right. Um, but this one actually was it was entertaining and not. It's not like you. I mean, you saw him growing up in the beginning, so you kind of got little bits and pieces. But there was a. There was another movie that uh, you and I talked about was just 
it was great because we saw the origin part of it in flashbacks. And they went, they went the same, and I can't remember which one it was, but it was another, it was one of the Marvel ones where they didn't waste time with the origin story. They just kind of, you know, threw it in in flashbacks as to how he got the way he was. And that's kind of the way they did with uh, Aquaman here. Yeah, I'm trying to think what that would have been. I mean, I, I know one reason that I liked that I liked uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming so much is because they didn't bother with the origin story. They just kind of picked up from after he had his powers and after what happened in Avengers, um, or excuse me, I should say Captain America Civil War and stuff. Um, I, know, I know I liked that one a lot um, for that reason. Well, that one was the one that did flashbacks. Did it really? I don't remember there being any flashbacks. Just like... Maybe it wasn't Homecoming. Wasn't there another Spider-Man? No. No, there's only been the one. I don't know. Anyway, we'll save. We should save this talk for our Marvel. <laughs> yeah, let's. Our Marvel pod. All right. So, so let's talk about Homecoming then. Or do we take, do we take a quick break first? Uh, let's do a quick break. All right. Get that out of the way. Okay, so we're back, and before we move into into um, into talking about homecoming, I, I just caught something on Twitter that's saying that apparently the reason why they run this angle with Pac is because he's been having Lisa issues since WrestleMania weekend, and that's also why some why the guys from Oriental Wrestling Entertainment are missing the show as well, which I didn't even realize they were missing it. So apparently, you know, two of their planned matches are now off the table. Well, is Chima st- uh, still going to be there, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he'd be able to get a visa and the other two couldn't. Well, wasn't he already working in the states? Um, maybe. I don't follow. I Chima, he, I don't follow Chima very closely. I thought he um, was officially signed to AEW two as an actual employee. That's possible too. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't either. Let me try Googling that here. So, um, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment Visa Issues. Mm, not really finding anything. So it may, hmm. so it may or may not be true. But I mean, that, but that really is the case, and, and Pac can't get because of visa issues, and this is what they they chose to do instead. I guess I can't fault him for that. You know, because if you can't get a guy in, you can't get a guy in. Yeah, but it is kind of a shitty angle to run too, though. 
I mean, I get that they can't get him in, but at the same time, you'd think they would be able to do something a little bit stronger than that. Yeah, but it's, it's so it's if this the case, it still keeps the appetites wedded for the for the next for the one they can actually get his visa issues cleared up and he's able to actually perform. You know. Did you say wedded? Yeah, wedded. W h e t t e d. Oh, okay. I heard something completely different. No, I mean I did not mean he's getting married or anything like that. Oh, okay, good. All right, sounds good. All right, what do you think of Homecoming? Um, I thought it was good, but not the greatest thing ever. And I, I might, I might, not, I might not even be below a good because of the two matches I sleep during. I didn't actually see. I'm below a good. I, I mean, I all the matches were too short. Um, there wasn't anything that went over 20 minutes, and most of them hovered right around the 10 minute mark. Um, I, I thought the the opening match was great. I thought Sammy Callahan working an actual match and not a hardcore match was really good. I would have loved to have seen that go an extra five or t- five or ten minutes longer. Uh, the final three matches, <coughs> one of them I couldn't stand. It just drove me nuts from the opening bell. Mm-hmm. And the other two with the screw job finishes really kind of got to me. The screw. Okay, so... I kind of saw the end of the Johnny Impact Brian Cage match where Impact like we did like kind of a flying roll up and really sloppily pinned Brian Cage for I think that's Cage's first defeat in Impact, right? Yeah, it's his it's his second time being pinned. He was pinned at Bound for Glory by Sammy Callahan and OVE. Oh right, right. So it's but his first uh-huh. singles match being pinned. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was more than just that, and I we can get to that one in a bit here. Do you want to go in order or just kind of jump around? We can go in order, whichever, whichever you want to do. Well, we might as well talk about it since we already are. I mean, it, it, the screw job ending was more than that. There was a, um, an incident where Johnny's friends from Survivor were ringside, and they got into it with... Um, with Cage, which brought the referee out. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay, I remember that. Now. You know, and and then you know, Cage hits the drill claw for a 15 second count, and then we get that screw job ending, or then we get that just horrible roll up, whatever that, whatever that was that happened. Was that the was that the match where the referee got something in his eye and he had to, or was that the Callahan match? Uh, that was the Eli Drake Abyss match. Oh, that's right, it was the Eli Drake Abyss that, match. Okay. Yeah, that was the thumbtacks. So, I mean, I, the match itself was good, I, but it, it told a decent story with both of them being um, kind of on equal footing, but the way that they built Cage up, you didn't expect to see him on equal footing with Johnny Impact. You expected to see him dominant. But at the same time, if he dominates, then who is there left to, for him to actually be a challenge exactly but I, I think that he could have been um, I, the whole night they're talking about impact and, and how he's you know worn out and he's logged a lot of minutes and all this stuff it, he, and he, he came in and stood toe to toe with the guy that is the machine I just thought it was a I, I thought it was poorly done from the start 
I, I just I didn't really get into the storyline. It would have made more sense to me had it been Johnny kind of being that resilient champion fighting from underneath a little bit more instead of dominating some of it like he did. It just that that just there were a few things like that that pulled me out of it. Okay, fair enough. And that and then that finish was just and the fact that it was two in a row that had a finish like that really got to me. So do you think so do you think I should go back and watch that match or just skip it? I, you might have a different take on it. I, I I personally didn't. I couldn't get into it just because of the way the characters have been built up, and the way they built up even Johnny throughout the throughout the night, talking about how tired he is. You know, he didn't come out looking tired. He came out and stood toe to toe with Cage. They went back and forth. There was dom, uh, both of them would dominate segments of the match, and it just with the way their characters had been built, it didn't seem to fit. Gotcha. I mean, it kind of sounds like the the finish the finish of the match fit that where you know Impact didn't really do anything to, to Cage. It was kind of like Cage ended up getting just caught in a in a sloppy roll up, um, and, and and maybe that would have worked yeah. with, the, with the whole tired thing where he just kind of ekes out a victory, you know. And had had that been like had he been dominated throughout the entire match, it would have made more yeah. sense. But it just, he didn't. I mean, they he started out the match hot, and then Cage kind of threw him around for a bit, and then he got, you know, then he came back and dominated for a little bit, and then Cage came back and dominated. It was it was, it was like they were both playing the face in, in peril, and it wasn't working. It, it just wasn't working for Well, me. you know, then that's the thing with 50-50 booking. You know, 50-50 booking is not just, um, you know, one guy wins, next, next match, and the other guy wins. It's it's also you know booking the matches that way where regardless of you know the guy's size or what makes sense that you know they're booked to, to you know each each control half the match or whatever. Well, in a match like this, shouldn't have been fifty fifty booking, not with the way they were building the characters outside of the match. Well, and the way, and the way that Cage has just dominated pretty much everybody out there as it is. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So I mean, I. Yeah. So I mean, I. I I don't know. I, you can go back and watch it. You might have a different take, but that I, that was my take on it. I just didn't. I wasn't impressed at all. And uh, you know, the match before that too had that screw job ending at the end where Gail Kim actually defeated Tessa Blanchard, but Taya got the pin. Um, wait, wait, what did you just was say? that one, was that one? You, you, slept through this one. you slept through this one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I kind of saw the beginning and then I fell asleep. So what did you say? There was some sloppy. Sloppy work in, in the middle of the match. Taya just did not look like she was on for the first probably three or four minutes of the match. She had some really sloppy moves. Um, and then at the end, Tessa gets uh, upset with Gail Kim, uh, goes to choke her. Gail hits the um, defeater, her fit, yeah, the defeat, her finisher, and then um, Taya hits her finisher, and next thing you know, there's a new champion. Awesome. So the referee cost the champion the match. Yep, we had back to back screw job endings. Yeah, that's just disgusting. You know, and it was back to back matches, not, you know, and both of them championship matches. And because even if you want to look at the way the whole cage impact match ended, cage should have won that match, but it was because the referee wasn't paying attention that he didn't. So we had we had two the the final two matches were just overbooked. And those were the two big matches, the two uh, well the two of the three big matches on the show. So that so that yeah that really, yeah. that really would leave a bad taste in one's mouth. 
And then when you consider that both of those matches together was a total of 30 minutes. Right. I mean, like you said, there's there's nothing on this on this it, show less than that's more than 20 minutes. So, I mean, if, let me just do some quick math here. So let's see, that's 41, 53, an hour and three. 89. An hour and it's so uh, so it's 76. 80. Not even. Not even an hour and a half. Not even an hour and a half of wrestling on a three-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, that's sad, sad and ridiculous. You know, and, and the fact that you know, and, and the fact that I mean, you had tag team matches that went 11 minutes. I remember, I remember all in, and one of the biggest complaints we had about the um that the final match, the tag team match, was it seemed rushed, and which it was. I mean, it was rushed, and they worked 14 minutes. Not only one match on this entire card went longer than that 14-minute match for All In that we said was rushed. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so it, it just... I, and another thing I noticed, too, about this, and, and I know I talked about it before, about how, um, you know, we talked about the Eddie Guerrero match uh, that, uh, from um, Halloween Havoc in 98, the Guerrero-Mysterio match and how everybody loved that, but we didn't, you know... There was really no storytelling with the Lucha Libre style. Um, and I noticed it in this match that when a match is high spot after high spot after high spot, depending on if it's a multi-man match, like a three, a triple threat or a four-man match or you know a, a fatal four-way or something like that, it's fine. I, I'm okay with the high spots because there's so many people involved in the match that it's hard not to. You can't tell the um you know face in peril or the or the heel dominating the match or you can't tell those kind of stories so you have to kind of rely on the high spots and when it's a four person you know a fatal four way like that X, the ultimate x match was it makes sense and it's a it can actually be a good match because with them doing high spot after high spot after high spot but when you get into a one-on-one -on -one match or even a tag team versus tag team match there needs to be a little storytelling in it there just has to be. Otherwise, it's not a good match. And we proved that with LAX and Lucha Brothers. Yes, we did, didn't we? <laughs> it, you know, that it was, was just... It might be the only tag match I've ever seen where there was one tag in the entire thing. And, and I'm okay with the, the Lucha rules and all that stuff. You know, that's fine. It makes sense. But announce it as Lucha rules. Don't have Ortiz standing there waiting for a tag when um, Pentagon and Phoenix are just going in and out without tagging. Well, see, I didn't even think that they were doing Lucha rules. I just assumed that they were that they were just right, ignoring exactly. the rules. Well, it, 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 they, I'm ha the way that it seemed, it seemed like they were doing Lucha rules. Well, yeah, you're probably right. They were just ignoring the rules. But there was also a spot in there that really made no sense to me, and it, I, I, I literally watched it three times because I didn't believe I saw what I saw. But there was a spot in the middle where Phoenix and um, uh, was it Santana were standing in the middle of the ring, slapping each other, kicking each other, whatever. And then Santana catches Phoenix's foot and throws it into his tag team partner Ortiz to knock him out by hitting him in the face. And then Santana goes to kick Phoenix. Phoenix catches his foot and throws it into Pentagon Jr.'s face. Why are they throwing their opponent's foot into their tag team partner's faces. That is an excellent question. It, 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 it 
It, it just it, it made no, no sense. I, it, it was I agree, ridiculous. And watching it, I was like, "Wait, did that just happen? Wait, did that just happen?" I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like right. I, that's I, what... I could not have seen what I just saw. And that's why. And that's why I had to rewind it three times because I couldn't believe that they would actually do a spot like that. That it made no sense. It should have been, you know, a good booking would have been the other way around. You know, where they had, uh, where Santana threw Pentagon or threw Phoenix's foot in the Pentagon's face. Right. That's a, yeah, that's an excellent point. But yeah, I mean, the, but good booking seems to fly away sometimes when the Lucha Bros are together. Not always, but sometimes. Good booking and chemistry. They have great chemistry together. <laughs> Not so great chemistry when it's uh, when they're in. They have to be in with perfect opponents to have chemistry. Right. We noticed that. It, I mean, we noticed that when they faced the Heart Foundation, they just had no chemistry at all. Um, they had some decent chemistry with LAX here, a lot because Santana can wrestle the lucha style match. But it wasn't. I, I this was just not a good match. This has me to a point where I don't care if I ever see another Lucha Brothers match again. To be honest right. with you. And you know, I I realize that one of our regulars is Ryan Evans. You know, told us this was you know this was a great match. It was one, it was you know probably his favorite tag match of the year. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan, but I don't get that at all, because it wasn't even a tag match. It was just guys going in there and doing high spots for 11 minutes, and and really, it, and really the ending, the, the finish seemed to come out of nowhere too. Yeah, it really did. Well, that's because it was only an 11 minute tag. Match. I know, but I mean, they hit their finisher and couldn't get the victory, and then they hit some other weird move, and then they get the then they get the win. You know, it it totally looked like there was it was going to be a, a near fall again. This this actually looked to me like a um, fatal four way match with just a few tag team or a few uh, double team moves in it. That's kind of the way this felt to me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I just it, this was a match that if they had if they had chosen to go the tag team route, it could have been really good. But they decided they were just going to do a 11 minute spot fest. Using, you know, we'll be generous and call it using Lucha rules, although to me it really just felt like the referee didn't feel like enforcing the rules. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. And that was early on. I mean, that was one of the very first things I noticed is when um, Lucha Brothers went on their little hot streak to start the match, and then, um, you know, they hit their, was it the, did they hit a, was it a spike? A Penta driver they hit? Right away in the beginning of the match on on Santana. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think it was in the and then, first like minute or two of the match. Yeah. And then, the legal, and then the legal man Phoenix decides he's going to dive through the ropes onto Ortiz, and then Pentagon pinned Santana. And I was like, wait a minute, he's not the legal guy. Yeah. And then it just broke. It just broke down from there. Yeah. So, so you're right. So Phoenix was diving out of the ring, and when he could have easily, they could have just won the tag team titles that quickly right there. And and and, and well, they, why? They because that's what the, because that was that's what the plot called for them to do. Right. Well, you know, and they wouldn't have won it anyway because uh, he kicked. They counted. You know, Pentagon was doing the, getting the pinfall, and they still he still kicked out. But regardless, it was just it was a poorly. The last, 
Up until this match, I actually was really enjoying this pay-per-view. I, as much as I, I thought that Eli Drake and Abyss was miscast, I liked the match. I loved what Sammy Callahan and Willie Mack did. Absolutely loved it. Um, Eddie Edwards, Moose, it was nice to see that um, that kind of come to an end. And I love, absolutely loved the Ultimate X match. But then when I hit these last three matches, I was like, Jesus Christ, these are your top these these are your top guys. You know, you've got your top two tag teams, your top two women, your top two heavyweights, and they just stunk up the joint for three straight matches. Bad booking, um, bad storytelling, and in one case, absolutely no storytelling with confusing spots. So it's a it, it was. This reminded me a lot of um, Jessica Jones the first season. First half of it was great. Second half sucked. That's a that's, that's actually a good analogy. Although, although for me the what I didn't like about the EY Drake Abyss match is that I'm is that I'm just like you. You know, I'm an old school TNA fan, and so when I see a match match booked as a monster's ball, I want it to be an actual monster's ball, not not just a heart exactly heart that, that, that they decided to call a monster's ball. Because the original because that was one of my monster's ball was you know the the opponents are locked up. For 24 hours in a in a dark cell beforehand, they can't they can't move, they can't do anything, and it's kind of driven them crazy, and we don't get that anymore, and it, and it sucks. Yeah, and that was my kind of thing with it too. Is it just didn't come across? It came across more as a hardcore match. Um, I thought it was well done. I I like the fact that they let Eli go over. Um, I actually I actually enjoyed that referee spot with thumbtacks in the eyes. Uh, I thought that was that was fairly decent, fairly, fairly well done, um, and I liked the fact that Eli Drake just kind of wore him out with the uh, with the chair, and then with the paddle. I, I I enjoyed that. I I thought it was well done, but like you said, it wasn't a monsters ball match. Or, or at least not the or at least not the original as, version of the monsters ball. I mean, I think that's what they've been calling monster. That's what they've been doing monsters ball matches for years. But it it still it still always bothers me. Do you have anything else on that one? See, no, this is the one I thought you would have had the, uh, had a little more on. The Monsters Ball one? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. I don't know. I just figured that you would have had uh, a little more on it with Abyss coming out of nowhere. and uh, I. It was nice to see him get his win back from Bound for Glory. No, I mean... Eli no, Drake, I mean, I'm, that I'm is. Basically, I'm just kind of... I kind of just kind of threw my hands up in the air and was like... You know, and I already knew that Eli Drake had been fired, so you know, even watching even watching the show, I knew he wasn't there anymore. But I could, I just kind of just kind of throwing my hands up in the air for a while. It's like, you know, this guy should be either the world champion or right in that mix, and instead he's doing this kind of bullshit. I mean, I was I, I was kind of there with you too because I don't think he had too much direction. I didn't realize he'd gotten fired. Um, I just I knew that he was having some issues and they took him off television because of his whole not wanting to job to Tessa. But I guess I didn't realize he'd gotten fired until today. That was to me, that was news. Um, but I guess I can kind of see where you, where you're coming at there too, where, you know, that match, Eli Drake definitely deserves to be in a higher profile than that. But so does Eddie Edwards. Um, I don't agree with that, but I mean, if that's, if that's what your opinion is, that's cool. I, I think Eddie Edwards is, is nowhere near as good as the positions that he gets on impact cards. 
I think he's I think he's talented enough. I just don't think his character is the right character for him to have. See, you know, see, I, see, I just I've never seen anything in Eddie Edwards whatsoever. I, to me, he's sloppy, and I don't know. I, I, I to, to me, to me, I mean, the the for the American Wolves, Davy Richards was always the guy, not Eddie Edwards. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And that was that. That's a no-brainer. David Richards is somebody that I, I'm disappointed isn't somewhere doing something good. Well, he took he took some time off to finish his degree. I don't know if you I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But it's not like it's not like he's not wrestling because he because he he can't get booked anywhere. He he's chosen not to get booked anywhere. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that at all. I en- another match I enjoyed was like I said I think the match of the night was Sammy Callahan and Willie Mack and I think a lot of it was because of Sammy actually having a wrestling match. Yeah, plus Willie Mack's pretty good. I mean you and I, you and I are not a big fan of his character or his um his whining. His, yeah, his whining. His, 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 <laughs> woe is me shit, but but when he get when it comes to being actually in the ring, he's really good. And, yeah, he's he's very talented. He's very uh, he can pull off moves that and and I hate to say this because it gets overused with so many people being able to do stuff like that, but that standing moonsault to me is still impressive for a three hundred what three hundred twenty pound guy. Something like that, yeah. To be able to pull off a standing moonsault, I I don't care who you are, that's impressive. Well, I also love that reverse cannonball he does in the corner. I think that I think that's awesome. Yeah, and, and he does have a few a uh, few other really good moves, and Sammy. Sammy just impresses me more and more every time I see him. His his mic work and the fact, like I said, I think we said this a couple weeks ago, is that I just want to see him do an actual match, not a hardcore match for a change. Because everything he does, it's kind of like Jimmy Havoc. Everything they do is hardcore matches. And I wanted to see Sammy do something that wasn't a hardcore match or a triple threat or you know, a six-man tag or something like that where shenanigans can happen. Just something where he is one-on-one against somebody having a wrestling match. And we got that here. And to me, that was, that was probably the match of the night because of that. I thought they're both very talented. They put on a really good match, and I enjoyed it. I, it was too short. I wish it would have went another five to ten minutes, but I really enjoyed that match. Yeah, it was quite good, and uh, you know that's the other thing is that you know you pointed out well they they actually mentioned it on the broadcast, but neither of neither one of us knew coming into the show that Sammy Callahan had been voted on by the Impact fans as the Wrestler of the Year, um, uh, you know a, a, a award that you and I wholeheartedly endorse, and so it, it kind of makes sense for him to be in in this spot where he's um, giving you know Willie Mack is had one of those kind of matches where. Yeah, he lost, but he still got a bit of a rub from one of the top guys in, in the promotion, and 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 and, and it's okay well, I know to see he... Sammy on on track for the X Division title, which he was kind of focusing on after pinning the former X Division champion before he cast an option C. Right, and then you also had, um, and they're building some kind of story with him and Rich Swan, and and I guess I can't say I haven't watched past Homecoming, so I don't know what's been going on, um, but. It, you can kind of see the weeks leading up to it, and then this one that they're building—they're building some kind of story between Callahan and Rich Swan, which makes it, you know, now we know, or um, it makes sense that Rich Swan won the X Division champion because they're trying to push Sammy Callahan that way. Right, and and so you know you have Rich Swan winning the X Division title, 
Callahan released has already earned a shot at the X Division title by pinning the former champion, and so it's a you know it's, it's kind of a nice mix and match there. And, and it's kind of and it's kind of funny that the, that the roles yeah. are kind of reversed because in MLW Rich Swan is now a heel and Callahan is basically a right. face. Um, you know, with his teaming with Mance Warner and being up against the uh, um, promotion. Promotion is the. And, and uh, yeah. so, I mean, if he's not a face, he's at least a tweener. And so it's, it, it's kind of interesting to see that the two guys' characters reverse in, in this in this promotion. Well, it's, and that's what we were saying, you know, last year with Cody. In Ring of Honor, he's this uh, face, top face. And then in Japan, he goes and he's a top heel. Uh, you know, it, it it's nice to be able to see characters pull that off. But you're right to see Rich Swan as this horrible human being in MLW, and then to watch him come dancing out uh, in TNA back to his old character. Just it it's kind of mind blowing. And then Sammy Callahan is just he's like the ultimate tweener. He he's the kind of guy that you could really see him get into a program with anybody, heel or face, and make it work. I think he was in my top five last year for wrestler of the year, wasn't he? Sammy Callahan? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and he earned it. I mean, he's earned every bit of it. He's he's phenomenal. His mic work is amazing. His um, just the emotion he can he seems to be able to draw up, and you know now being able to see him in a match like this, I I just he's one of my top probably probably going to be one of my top five again this year. Yeah, I can see that. With the way. Th- with the way things are going. Oh, and, and on top of on top of all that, you know, he, he's he signed a, he signed a, a new uh, six year contract or not a six year but six figure contract with Impact, so he's good to go there. He's also wrestling for Major League Wrestling, which we both love, and then he's got a, and then he, then he's running his right. own promotion at the same time. So, uh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, I, didn't know that. Like, I can't remember the name of it, but he mentioned it on on uh, Jim Roth on the Jim Ross podcast that he actually has his own promotion that he runs. Oh, you mean the show that? I, oh, you mean the show that I had to shut off because I was falling yeah. asleep. Because Jim Ross is boring, we doesn't have yeah, anyone to talk to. Fast forward option. Yeah, we kind of did. That that happened. That happens. And I love his uh, his nicknames. I kind of wish he'd go back to his um, MLW nickname of the Worldwide Desperado. But the uh, Callahan Death Machine, the um, the drop. I, I love the nicknames he's given himself. But I really want him to go back to the uh, Desperado one. Yeah, he's, he's probably what he's most referred to himself on. As on um, on JR's show as well. Jeremiah Snake was his character in Lucha Underground. Interesting. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he. I do remember him in Lucha Underground. I think he came in in season three, or season two. All right. So let me. I'm just trying to. Find, I'm just trying to find what his his home prom- promotion that he runs is. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I'm on his, um, Wikipedia, and there's nothing about it. I wonder if this is it. It's Eat Sleep Russell. All right, he's Impact Wrestling, two set, 17 to present, uh, MLW, 7 Lucha Underground. He's still signed with Lucha Underground. Um, well... He said he underground if that promotion still exists. Yeah, I, yeah I, it, new management, it's probably not going to, but um, he's a title holder for 
House of Glory's Crown Jewel Championship. He regained the title by beating Low Key. Riveting uh, show when we're both reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know we talked about it, so I, I'm just trying to see what the... I'm saying Sammy Callahan Wrestling Promotion. Yeah, I don't see anything on his Wikipedia. I like, I like Sammy Callahan better. Yeah, me too. Oh, wait, no. What about Solomon Crow? Wasn't that a better name for him? Uh, it's called the Wrestling Revolver. He runs his own uh, runs his own promotion called the Wrestling Revolver. Yep. So that's that's what it is. Good, good, good job finding that. So yeah, I mean he's he's a very busy cat. And he's. I lost my thought there. All right, so let's go, let's go to the next match then. Um, Do we have to? <laughs> Because there's only two matches left, and one of them was garbage. The other one was great. Well, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Eddie Rivers and Moose, did we? And that's you know Eddie Rivers is your boy, supposedly. Well, I, I think. Well, I I think he's um. I guess when you put him up against the rest of the talent in TNA, he's bigger than the rest of them. Does that well, make sense? I guess, but it, it's ridiculous to me that that guy, that guy Eddie Edwards, is a triple crown winner in both TNA and Ring of Honor. He is in Ring of Honor, too? Yeah, I believe he, I believe he was the I first did... television champion. He he won the tag titles with Davey Richards, and, and, Davey, and he's the guy that Davey Richards won the world title from. Oh. oh, I did not. I was unaware of that. I guess I didn't really watch... Uh, Ring of Honor back then. I mean, but... and that's, that's the thing with me. I mean, it's... It's to me, he's just gotten too much success compared to his actual ability. You know, I mean, I mean, when when you're, there's all these great wrestlers in the history of the of, of those two companies, and he's the guy that's a triple threat winner in both of them, or triple crown winner in both of them, it's just it blows my mind completely. Yeah, yeah, especially considering like I think you just said it too. I was busy. I'm kind of reading here, but. Um, when you consider he wasn't even the most talented, it's like Marty Jannetty breaking out and winning all the titles. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what it is. Um, so I, I guess I, I personally like him when you put him up against the rest of the um, talent in TNA. He is one of the top five or six guys in TNA. Um, is, is, well, but, I suppose that's probably true. Well, especially now with Eli Drake gone and um, you know Austin Aries gone, I I would put him ahead of both Moose and uh, Killer Cross. Um, put him behind Cage, Sammy, Johnny Impact, and God, I can't think of who else I'd put him ahead, put him behind. Yeah, that's probably fair, but it, it but that but that's kind of more of an indictment of Impact's roster, isn't it? Not really, because they do have some talented guys, some really talented well, guys, do, especially. But then a huge uh, drop off once once you're through with them. I mean, you still have Rich Swan. I think Ethan Page is going to be somebody uh, impressive in a couple of years. I don't think he's there yet, but he's he's got the talent. I mean, you do still have Phoenix and Pentagon. If we could break them up, I think they're much better as singles than they are as a tag team. 
Absolutely. I, you know, it's so they and and I do like what's going on with um, uh, what are the, not the radicals. God, I'm listening to that episode. So the rascals with Trey Miguel. I think Trey Miguel is incredibly talented. So I mean, they do have some some talent. They just need to get them in better positions. Yeah, I, I suppose that's fair, but I, I don't know. Um, it, it, and of course, Willie Mack, who is incredibly talented. I just hate his character. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate it. Not I mean, he. It makes it hard for me to watch. In, in fact, a lot of the reason I only I watched this match was because of Sammy Callahan. I, I had no interest in in seeing. Willie Mack, just because his personality and his whole woe is me character that he does just really, really irritates me to a point where I don't even want to watch him wrestle. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. And, but, you know, now if I can kind of tune that part out after seeing him perform against Callahan, I think I might be able to start watching some more of his matches because he is incredibly talented. And and I know Rob Van Dam joined the promotion for at least a few matches, you know, after, after this show that we're talking about. and And I think they've added some more people, now, I mean, for instance, like, I know Willie Mack has a, has a full-time contract now with them. You know, I just, just looked up their roster earlier today, which is how I found out Eli Drake was no longer there. And they didn't really have much. I mean, I, I really wish they had only hour-long shows. So it's something that I could actually watch. Because with two hours, it's impossible for me to get caught up. Um. Well, not only that, but when you have a two-hour-long show, that's that's more matches that you're giving away at a time, and you know the the more the more you give away matches, the more there are no matches left to actually do. People haven't seen to put a to put on a pay-per-view or anything. Haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, Austin, um, Ace Austin's a part of Impact oh, now he? too. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely going to start watching some more Impact yeah, if he's there. Yeah, we need to get caught up on that stuff. But, I mean, we got Ace Austin, Brian Cage. Um, I don't know who Desmond Xavier. Oh, he's part of the, part of the Rascals. Uh, Eddie Edwards, Ethan Page, who I really like. Thank Max you for I- using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. <laughs> Did they hang up on us now? Uh, sure. <laughs> it sounded like it. Your episode has ended. We're processing uh-huh. audio, and it will be available on your Blog Talk Radio profile in a few minutes. <laughs> Are they st- they're still going. They're still recording, though, right? Oh well, I'm still recording. Okay. So, and you've got you've got your thing that records right. too, right? All right. So, okay. So, so keep going. Um, keep going with the roster. So, Ethan Page, who I want to see now that he's not under Matt Seidel anymore, how he's kind of coming up, coming across. You have Phoenix, who I think is great as a single star. Um, Johnny Impact, of course. Uh, Conan, well, Conan doesn't wrestle. Um, Thank God Conan doesn't wrestle. Anymore. Um, Pentagon Jr., Rob Van Dam, he's a, he's a member of the roster. Rich Swan, Petey Williams. So, I mean, they've got a, they've got a much smaller roster than, I mean, they, I guess they've got about the perfect size roster because nobody's going to get lost in the shuffle here. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who I've heard is, like really entertaining. Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin is part of Impact now. So I mean, they've got a decent. Elgin signed to Impact. 
So, I mean, they've got a, so, I mean, they've got a decent roster and some really good talent. They just, need to um, they just need to figure out what to do with some of them because some of them, I think, are just being under. And that's just the men. I mean, then they've got, you know, the women. you got Tessa. you got Madison Rain is back with them again. Taya Valkyrie, Alicia Edwards. Um, Katarina is still with them. Is she the only one? Because Grotto's gone and so is Joe Hendry. So, Katarina must have been the only one they kept. Joe Hendry's gone? Oh yeah, he's been gone for a long time. He's solely back in uh, in Defiant. Oh, he's been gone since I want to say November. Yeah, I, I, actually, I kind of forgot about that guy. <laughs> he's talented. I enjoy him, but he's not. He's not like somebody I would actually I'd tune in to watch. You know what I mean? I enjoy him. I enjoy him on Defiant because he he's I I one of the few people on there that I I'll tune in to see on Defiant. Um, but on impact, I don't think I ever would have tuned in just to see Joe Hendry. But then again, David Starr, that's the only place I can see David Starr too is on Defiant. So that's a lot of the reason why I start, I, I continue to watch it. So, so what, so why would you turn into Defiant to see Joe Hendry, but not impact? I don't think he was as big of a... It's a lot of it has to do with the surroundings. It's like, if you think about it, AJ Styles was a guy that we had to watch when he was in Japan, when he was in Impact, when he was in Ring of Honor. We had to watch him. Now that he's in WWE, it's, maybe it's the style of matches he wrestles. Maybe it's the, um, the fact that he's kind of overshadowed by all the other talent there. It just... He wasn't the draw for impact that he is for Defiant. Does that make sense at all? Does that make sense at all? You still there or did I lose you? Sorry, I was washing my hands, so I was on mute. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. You, you did not lose me. Yeah, it makes sense. I just thought it was. I just thought it was weird because I weighed his character in. Um, Impact personally better than I liked him liked it in Defiant. So. It's it's basically the same character in Defiant. He does all, all the song singing and everything. He's just I don't know. I maybe it's dumbed down a little bit. Maybe that's why I like it better. <laughs> it, he's just <laughs> I, I I don't know. It, it I, just I, I love, for some, the there's way, something I that I like. Yourself. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, I don't know. There's just something about him in Impact that I do like a lot better than. Than I like, or I'm sorry, in uh, Defiant, that I like a lot better than I did in Impact. All right. So, did you want to talk about the X Division, the X to special, special, special X, the Ultimate X match at all? I kind of touched on you know on it. I it was, it's one of those things where it, the chaos of it was perfect, and that's what I, you know I touched on when we first started talking about this about how I realized that in a fatal four way match, high spots are a great thing. I, I do remember a couple of missed spots by Rich Swan. That moonsault that he did off of the um, uh, of the scaffolding was just kind of odd. Uh, I loved Ethan Page and Jake Crist in this. Jake Crist is he's going to be he he'll end up being the breakout star of, of OVE. At some point, I, I can definitely see him right up there with Sammy Callahan. At some point, I think he is just insanely talented. Oh yeah, he definitely, uh, he definitely and is. And I guess, 
And I, I, I'd like to see more Dave in individual matches like that, but I thought Jake Chris kind of stole the show in this match. Uh, and Ethan Page, I didn't expect that out of Ethan Page. No? Expect to see him move like that. Oh, I see. I got you. I got you, Sam. So I, I, I really enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed this match too. I, I think the Callahan Mac Mac match was a better one, but I thought this one was really well done too. Yeah, it was, and it got, and probably got the right right guy with the championship, which is always a, a bonus. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think uh, it's too early to pull the trigger on Jake Crist, and both Ethan Page and Trey Miguel are too new into the game. So Rich Swan was the guy, the right guy, and especially if you're starting something with Sammy Callahan. You know, and they're feuding over the X Division title. Rich Swan was definitely the perfect guy to do it. So I think that's that's pretty much our coverage of Homecoming. Um, kind of a thumb, kind of a thumbs in the middle for me. Maybe you know, maybe heading towards a thumbs down. I probably I have to watch those last two matches before I make a firm opinion either way. But from what I saw, it's it's kind of thumbs in the middle for me so far. I, I'm kind of thumbs in the middle, too. I may be leaning towards thumbs up. I thought the first five matches were good, although short. Um, I thought at least two of the top first five matches should have went longer. Um, the Ali Sue Young, Jordan Grace, Kara Hogan, I, I can't get into the supernatural thing. And especially with the return of Rosemary, it just didn't make much sense to me. But Kira Hogan is incredibly is very very good, um, and Allie, this was a good showing by her too. So I like that match. And then the other, you know, Eddie Edwards moves, Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, and Eli Drake Abyss. I enjoyed. It wasn't until the final three matches that really really lost me. So I, I'll give it a thumbs in the middle, kind of kind of trending upward. Which is kind of a little bit of a turnaround from when we first came on. So you must have, you kind of talked yourself into that because when we first came on, you said well, you're probably thumbs down on it. Yeah, I, and when I'm recapping it and, and looking over my notes and stuff and seeing you know some of the stuff that I really really liked about it, it, I liked more of it than I hated. Well, that's always a good thing, right? <laughs> I, you know, I mean the the Tessa Blanchard after Taya hit her stride, um, you know she was really sloppy in the beginning, but after she hit her stride, they it was a really good match until that Gil Kim ended. Sure. You know, so I mean, even out of those last three matches, that I, the Impact Cage match just made no sense to me throughout the entirety of it, and the Lucha Brothers LAX, I just no, uh, no, just yeah, bad. I, I absolutely loved that match. You know, I mean, we, t- we talked about in the last Impact show we covered, Bound for Glory, about how that triple threat, which which was the OBE against the Lucha Bros and um, Brian Cage, was a fantastic Cage. spot fest. This to me was a terrible yeah. spot fest. And see, that's that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. A match like that, where it's a six-man tag, I'm okay with it being a spot fest. That's what you want to see. There's just too many people involved for it not to be. Um, but in a regular tag match, I just remember watching, you know, growing up with the Hart Foundation and the Horsemen, and um, you know the. Uh, with the brain busters when they were in uh, WWF and you know all these great tag teams and seeing actual storytelling that a tag team match to me should not be a spot fest. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, unfortunately. Once you hit the once you hit six man territory, go for it. But I mean, unfortunately, it seems like 2019. That's 
a lot of tag matches turned into. I mean, that was one of my big problems with a match that you loved last year. I think it was uh, the Briscoes taking on um, on uh, the Addiction. You know, I mean, you really loved that match and, and the spots and the fact that they kind of turned it into the kind of same thing this match did where there was seen to be no rules to it kind of turned me off, you know. Right. Yeah, with the Briscoes not tagging in and out and right. all that stuff. But, I mean, that wasn't so much of a spot fest as just it, – it still at least told a story. You know, because that was the one where Christopher Daniels got his ass kicked and was taken out of the mat and, and um, Kaz was uh, hurt halfway through the match and then they focused on Kazarian, or on uh, Christopher Daniels. So there was a lot of storytelling involved in it, even though there was – the rule breaking. It wasn't just let's dive through the ropes as many times as we can and see if we can get pops from the crowd, and then we'll have some screwy finish to end yeah, it. And I, that's I probably it. phrased that wrong. What I meant is that it seems to be a trend in the you know the late two thousands decade that um, tag ma- that tags and tag matches are not really necessarily necessary, and that and that kind of drives me nuts. And a some of it does get explained occasionally with the lucha rules, but when there's no lucha rules being announced beforehand, there should not be any. There should be tags. I agree with that. Um, so let's see. So, so like, I, I enjoyed the Ultimate X match also. Um, I I think I enjoyed the women's tag a little bit more than you did, although I wasn't in love with it either. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I just didn't like the supernatural stuff. I just don't get it. Maybe it's because I ha- wasn't watching leading yeah, up to it. That's, that's probably a lot of it. But you know, I, I'm a big fan of Ali. I'm a big fan of, of Jordan Grace. You know, I mean, there's nobody in this match that isn't talented in some in some way. So, um, right. Maybe Eddie, Eddie Edwards versus Moose. I probably could have done without um, Alicia coming down and saying, "Stop! Let me do. Let just me to hit do him. it." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that got me too. I was like, that that really kind of got me yeah, too. Again, but. You know, again, then killing Moose with Kenny. Um, or I just yep. say killing Kenny with Moose's head is really what I meant to say. Um, you know, and then, so so probably after the uh, the Callahan Mac matches where things kind of turned for me just because I I, I I have a hard time getting past the fake Monsters Ball matches and I hated that tag team match and then I just fell asleep you know i mean with the stomach issues i've been having lately it's really tough for me to not be super tired by like even 10 30 in the morning and so and so for me to be staying up late to to watch that show it just did not work out i i recommend you going back and watching at least the taya tessa match um i thought it was a fairly decent i thought it was a good match um after taya found her feet she was just off in the beginning she had some of the sloppiest moves I think I've ever seen her perform in the beginning. Um, but once she found her footing, it was great until the ending. Okay. And I, and, and I, and I do want to see so, Mac uh, versus Cage. Cause that's, cause, cause, oh, well, don't like, waste your time. But coming in, it was a match I wanted to see, you know. <laughs> well, and, and you might have a different take on it. To me, it was just with the way they build the characters, it was not well done. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. So... Um, next week, I don't think we've even talked about what we're going to cover, but I, you know, maybe maybe Jeff will have time to watch that Evolve show. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have time to watch some Major League Wrestling and some of the best of the Super Juniors. But whatever it is, and on and on our new platform, which I, I still don't have the ability to announce yet, it's going to be it's, it's still be Lords of Pain Radio. It's going to be on Spreaker instead of being on Block Talk Radio. But we don't have um, everything set, so just keep an eye on the links that we send out. 
and want to make sure that we're getting the links out there because it is going to be a, a brand new platform for LOP radio. <coughs> cool. And I'm hoping to get some stuff up on uh, iTunes before the end of the and week. You'll, here. And you'll tweet out if you, if you do, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I might as well give that again. I did it to start the show, but um, follow us on Twitter. Me at Regi Co-op, uh, Shane at Zanman Lop. Um, you know, follow us. Use hashtag Kingdom of Honor. Uh, it's probably the easiest way to find us, especially the spelling of my Twitter handle. Um, you know, so just hashtag Kingdom of Honor, uh, and you'll find us pretty easily. Also, um, Kingdom of Honor on Facebook, and soon to, soon to come Patreon site, and soon to come uh, iTunes, and another couple of blog or of podcast sites that I haven't really gotten completely figured out yet. Yep, so we're, we're busy people, and Jeff's, and Jeff's taking the role of being the, uh, I guess, the producer for us, so that's pretty cool. But The busiest of the two. <laughs> well, I'm busy running to the bathroom too much. So, uh, and, oh, and and uh, also um, coming soon to a blog near you, in fact, I'm hoping to get a couple of, couple up this week, is um, more of my Monday Nitro from a fan's, or my Monday Night Wars from a fan's oh, perspective. Cool. So hopefully we can talk about some of that. I, I got some of um, the raw from that week, um, from the week of uh, June third of '96. I got that pretty much all watched, uh, and then you know, then it's the Nitro and ECW. So hopefully I'll have the, at least have that at least one more of each of those up this week. And just a couple of other programming notes. Um, I believe that May twenty third is when our contract with Watark Radio runs out. So. So it will. So I suppose it will be Friday when we'll we'll be um, on the new platform. Uh, the doc Chad Matthews announced yesterday on the doc says that he's moving to a different network, so he's he'll be leaving us. And tomorrow night is One Nation Radio's last broadcast as well on LOP Radio. So hopefully we'll get some we'll get some more spots to you know replace those ones. But just to let you know, you know th- that if you're looking to, to listen to, to those guys, you're, you're gonna have to find them someplace else going forward. Um, but tomorrow we will still have the Global Revolution. On Wednesday we will still have Sports Entertainment is Dead. On Thursday is um, the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast. Friday, the right side of the pond. On Saturday, the All Elite guys are taking the day off, so they're not. So there's not going to be a show on Saturday. And then we'll be back with you next Monday and to talk about what we talk about best, which is pro wrestling. So. <laughs> That's all. That's all we got. We'll talk. We'll try to get do better next time. Until then, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. goodbye.